What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her catwoman suit? Don't you worry, a pretty striped head. We're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed. And then we're gonna find our best friend Doug. And then we're gonna give him a best friend hug. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got a little preview of the Bengals preseason game. And we have Big Game Bingle on of YouTube. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you know us, you probably know him. He's, he, you know, he's been doing it for a while. Got like 400,000 plus subscribers. So, um, and he's a Giants fan. So it was good stuff. Uh, Justin, how you doing as we get ready for this next preseason game? Bobby Skinner, hello. New York football giants are playing a home game on Sunday and I will be there. I'm excited for it. Excited to continue to watch some giants football. Um, we have a discussion that we're kind of dreading before we get to the interview though. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we're, we're going to do some Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor stuff. Cause I feel like it needs to be done for the podcast. Um, so we'll, we're, we'll do that, then we'll have the interview, and then we'll do some of our, you know, our four things we're watching in this preseason game. First, this episode was brought to you by Tanner Ryan. Justin, who is Tanner Ryan? Ryan Tanner. Tanner Ryan went to patreon.com slash talking giants. And for $2 a month, plus some other tiers, you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. We're, so the next two Sundays, by the way, we're going to take then one Sunday off. After these next two Sundays, um, but these next two Sundays, we're going to simulate a little bit of hopefully some early victory Mondays because you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows with the chat. Um, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail, plus shirt raffles twice a month. You know the deal. Patreon.com slash Talk Giants. Yeah. And by the way, if you're listening to this Friday morning, we're doing like three different raffles in one day. So get in, get in while you can. All right, let's talk about this Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor stuff because we joked about it after the preseason game. We're just like, oh, this is actually happening. And we're like, okay, so we're just, this is just going to happen no matter what. But Justin, uh, on Tuesday morning, I was for about 15 minutes thought, oh, wow, they're actually going to do this and say, well, why did you think that, Bobby? Well, Connor Hughes had a tweet that said, Brian Dable says Tyrod Taylor will get some first-team reps during camp, but that's not an indictment on Daniel Jones. It's, oh, it's always been the plan. Hashtag Giants. So, Justin, just taking that quote, I don't care if the tweet says it's not an indictment on Daniel Jones. That's an indictment on Daniel Jones. Because, like, okay, if they're giving him first-team reps, then that means that they're not happy with what they've seen out of Daniel Jones and they want to give Tyrod Taylor a shot to either win this in camp or to win it very early on in the season. Like, you don't give the backup first-team reps in camp unless you're giving him a chance to be the starter. I mean, that's just the way football works, and and that's the way I agree. Unless you're, unless you're giving a guy a real shot to be the starter, I don't think the backup should ever get first, or for the most part, get any first-team reps because the first-team the first team QB needs the first-team reps, Justin. So that's the way I took it. Am I wrong for taking that tweet that way? No. Because there was no context, and what usually happens when beat reporters put out tweets with no context that want to cause a reaction is exactly what did happen. 
Yeah. So I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, wow, like this is actually happening. You know, I wasn't going to like, you know, uh, obviously there'd be like a section of people like, oh, that's just part of the plan. He says no indictment on Jones. Like Daniel Jones, like, well, that's just the head coach. There's, they're never going to say it's an indictment on Daniel Jones. And then you listen to it and, uh, someone asked him a question, like, are you like enticed at all to see, you know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, work with the first team at all? You know, like just asking a question about Tyrod Taylor and if he could get some first team reps and, and, uh, like, you know, think about giving him some first team reps and, uh, Brian Dable says, yeah, he, he might, he might. And gives like a long answer about how like he may for one practice, he may just throw him in there. Um, and be like, all right, you know, the, you know, the starting QBs down, go in there. You're, you're starting now. Um, so like a scenario practice. So that was what it was. Like gave a, gave an answer on that. Um, and it, you know, obviously that's not like a QB competition. You know, that's a lot more than what that, uh, original tweet from Connor Hughes said. Because if it's the Connor Hughes tweet, that's a QB competition. You know, like, so like if they end up doing that, you know, if we get a tweet saying, you know, from the beat reporters, like Tara Taylor's taking first team reps today. If the next day that Tyrod Taylor is taking first team reps, then it's a QB battle. But if they're just doing it for that one practice, it's not. But uh, I, for 15 minutes, I thought they were actually going to let Tyrod Taylor get a shot at the starting gig. Which for situational, like Tyrod Taylor, I'm not going to be letting Daniel Jones know this is Brian Dable. I'm not going to be letting any of the quarterbacks know when maybe they're going to make some sort of switch, whether it is for a series, whether it is for a practice, whatever, whatever. If that is the reason and Brian Dable is telling the truth, I think that is awesome. And it is what this football team needs where Daniel Jones, yes, I think he should be the starter, but Daniel Jones has shown every single year that he gets hurt. And there is going to be a time, there may be a time, it's more likely than not, that that exact situation is going to have to, ha- have to happen this year. Tyra Taylor will have to come into a game because Daniel Jones is hurt. Yeah. And that's, you know, with, like you said, with Daniel Jones history, that's, like that's that's a smart thing but it's totally different than if there's two days in a row where Tyro Taylor is getting first team reps or there's a yes. full practice where they're splitting first team reps because then that means that there's a QB battle or even if they know DJ would start week one it's like we're going to pull the leash on this guy early kind of with sure even though Daniel Jones didn't get any first team reps in 2019 camp he should have uh Pat Shermer knew, like, I'm going to pull the plug on this early yeah. if we're oh if we're own one own two you felt like just between you know, I think Shermer had a lot of confidence in, in in Jones, and I think you know Dable and Kafka. They seem to have a lot of confidence in in Tyrod Taylor too. It just that felt different that summer. Than well, yeah, one guy was clearly like. meant to be the starter eventually. Yeah, um, you know, and if you ask me, like, who's the start? Who has a better chance of being the starter week one next year? I would say Tyrod Taylor because Tyrod Taylor's money yes, is all next year, and we we don't think DJ will be the starter next year. But with this, I think it's time to. For on the podcast to finally do a reality check, Tyrod Taylor is a downgrade from Daniel Jones. Okay, like I think people have forgotten because Tyrod Taylor does look smooth out there and he makes some like he throws some pretty balls, but he is a downgrade from Daniel Jones. Uh, let's 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 look at his numbers over the last four years. Completed fifty six percent of his passes, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, and eight starts where he played the full game, two hundred two yards per game. He has not been a good, like, that's what I always say. There's no such thing as a good backup QB because a good backup QB is not a good quarterback. Now, Tyra Taylor, like, he is, like, the best of backup QBs for the most part. Um, you know, maybe there's two or three in the league that are better than him. So, you know, if Daniel Jones goes down, it's 
it's it's it's probably one of the smaller first string to second string downgrades in the NFL right now with that. But it is a downgrade. Like I think people have forgotten who Tyrod Taylor is. You know, like did he get screwed by the Chargers with getting his lung punctured? Absolutely. Did he get screwed by them for not starting that next week? No. In fact, Justin Herbert got screwed because his coach was being an asshole and wouldn't play him. He deserved to play over him, and we saw it immediately. Like, did I, I watched that week one game with the Chargers versus the Bengals, and I was pulling my hair out, and I wasn't even the biggest Justin Herbert fan. And I was like, why is this guy not playing? Like, this Tyrod Taylor offense is brutal, and you saw the dividends immediately. You saw it with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I mean, he completed 48% of his passes that year in the first two games and so when he started. Baker Mayfield comes in. There's an immediate spark to the offense. They win their first game in basically two years. And you know what? The offense looked pretty good under Freddie Kitchen. Do we think Freddie Kitchen's some great play caller or no? And then last year, like, he looked a little decent to start. But Davis Mills looked better him in the, in the same offense behind a very bad Texans offensive line. So I think we just need a reality check of who Tyrod Taylor is. Like this doesn't, this isn't a defense of Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones will be the QB next year. I don't think he's going to have some great light up the year, you know, prove everybody wrong type year. Going to be better than the past couple years, but I don't think it's going to be good enough for him to get a franchise tag or a one year deal with the Giants. But Daniel Jones, is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor, and I feel 100% confident saying that. To rephrase your point, a little bit more of a sports radio take, every time that Tyrod Taylor has stopped being a starting quarterback for a team since Buffalo, that team has gotten better with the next quarterback. It took Josh Allen a year. Buffalo got there. You mentioned uh, Cleveland. You mentioned Los Angeles, and even Davis Mills. The Texans improved offensively. When Davis Mills went under center for the Texans and not with Tyrod Taylor, not with Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills. And again, I don't want this to come off as trashing Tyrod Taylor. And I think a lot of times our tone on a player depends on the public view of them. So the public view of Tyrod Taylor is too high right now. So it's going to come on like we're talking him down. Um, You know, and we can talk about Daniel Jones and it's like, oh, you're speaking good of him. It's like, no, we're just speaking on him compared to the public view of him but I just want that clear like out there like for Daniel Jones for me to say like when people are like oh by five week five week six Tyrod Taylor be starting for me to say that Daniel Jones does not have to be if he's playing like he's played these last couple years I will not be saying that ever if he plays like he has the past couple years if he's played like he's looked in practice at times then I may be saying that like if he just looks flat out bad but if he plays like he's played the last two years I am not saying pull the plug and go to Tyrod Taylor because this past two years of Daniel Jones while not good has been better uh, than what Tyrod Taylor has been the last four years yeah um I get it like I I really do um this Giants team has been the worst team in the National Football League since 2017 um it's been a lot of years of bad quarterback play um and even when we had somewhat I don't even want to call 2019 good quarterback play but we just put up points um, the Giants said, no thanks, let's let's not do that and let's do everything we can to ruin Daniel Jones after 2019. So I, I get it. I, I get it if you if you want something different. I mean, that's what this new regime is, right? It's different, and the quarterback is, is included in that. But Tyrod Taylor, week one starter, not the answer to that. Tyrod Taylor, like you said, week five, week six, week seven, week eight, Whatever, Daniel Jones starts 0-2, 0-3, and it looks really, really bad. It's it's a different story. But Tyrod Taylor week one 
is not the answer as to how do we fix the Giants in 2022 and then also beyond that as well. And I'm telling you, I do not think Tyrod Taylor will ever start this year unless Daniel Jones is injured. Which I think that's I think that's kind of likely. So But what I'm saying is the point the point of being like he'll Daniel Jones will never be pulled out for Tyrod Taylor. I would like agree I, with that. I don't yeah. see that happening. Daniel Jones outside of twenty nineteen this 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 may be bad. Tampa, Tampa 2020, right, Bobby? If he has those Tampa games in a row, then it's like, okay, pull yeah. the plug. But I mean, how, I mean, we, and I hate, I hate doing this, right? But this is just what we have to go off of as Giants fans. Eli Manning throughout the early phases of his, of his career had multiple, like, holy shit, WTF are you doing games? Like against the Vikings, just the, anytime we played the Vikings at home, oh boy, gear up because Eli Manning was about to have a really bad freaking game. Eli Manning had those three interception games early in his career. Not a high bar. Daniel Jones hasn't had those games like consecutively to each other. So I don't, again, I don't see this reality where Jones is going to be that bad. Similar to like you said, I don't see this being that bad. where on consecutive weeks that we are going to come to a consensus and say that Tyrod Taylor should be in. I just don't and, see it happening. But us as a show, we got it. I'm ignoring the noise on that because this is, like I said, it's predetermined that the Tyrod Taylor stuff was going to happen. Yeah. It's, so I just I wanted to get it out in the open now and just know that like we're not doing. I'm not like I'm just going to reference people to this podcast if they ask me why. Um, yeah, so and also just, uh, a sports radio take that I've heard often. Tyrod Taylor led his uh, led the Bills to the playoffs in 2017. He had 14 touchdown passes, four interceptions, and 6.7 yards per passing attempt that year. He yeah, yeah, he he led the Bills to the playoffs. I, and listen, I don't want to bring up that like he scored three points in that playoff game. I don't want to do that because I thought like Tyrod Taylor like he did well that year. You know, it wasn't an, again it wasn't amazing, but he did do well that year. You know, nothing special, but he did he did all right. Um, you know, and like. Where, where I will say where Tyrod Taylor did get screwed in his career was when they did that Nathan Peterman crap. That was insanity what they did with that. Um, but overall, like Tyrod Taylor hasn't gotten screwed, uh, but he has. I mean, he has a successful career. Are you there, Justin? Yes. I don't see your face. Here I am. Okay, there you are. Um, and where is DraftKings? Turn big league action into big winnings with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $100 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can combine multiple bets for a shot and even bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. At DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be able to bet on your favorite uh, batter to hit a double in his next play appearance, your favorite pitcher's next pitch to be a strike, and so much more. Um, You know what? Don't bet. We've told you to bet on the Yankees before in this podcast. Don't. They suck. DraftKings are safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's promo code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we trademarks used with permission. Um, anything else from camp that you want to hit on before we get into the interview? I mean... Bed and Bredesen went off with his arm wrapped in the center left. We've had six different center left guard combos in camp. Feliciano Lemieux, uh, Douglas Lemieux, uh, Lemieux Azudu, Feliciano Azudu, um, Bredesen, 
uh, uh, Bredesen Garcia and then Garcia Hamilton as like the as all the, the center left guard combos. Terrific, terrific, as they say in the Happy Madison uh, promo. Um, I feel like Wink Martindale was talking about during Thursday's practice that it was like he was looking at a lot of technical things today, that it wasn't so much installing stuff, but looking at techniques. And I don't think they were blitzing as much. And then lo and behold, the offense on Thursday has its best day that they've had like in weeks. So coincidence, I think not. Yeah. Um, all right. Want to kick it to the interview? Oh, we're going to do what we're watching out for after the interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. So check out the interview, and then we'll tell you what you were watching for in the Bengals game. But before we talk about the Bengals game, here is big game. Bengal. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on to the program. Someone we've just kind of become familiarized with in like the last year and a half. And honestly, I always thought he was a Bengals fan. Big game Bengal. First question, how many people just assume you're a Bengals fan? And how many times have you been asked this question? Uh, This wouldn't be the first time. Uh, (laughs) So many times. So many times. I think probably, and it's a fair assumption, right? You know, I happen to do football and and, uh, Madden content, and you just naturally would assume with the name Bengal that uh, I would be a Bengals fan. But when I came up with the name, it was just because I liked Tigers. I was young. It was, you know, it was over 10, 15 years ago now coming up on. So I just thought Tigers were cool. Uh, somebody in my friend I mean, group was wrong. already had like the Tiger gamer tag on Xbox Live back in the day. And I just went with Bengal, which is close, but not the same. And uh, who knew that I was going to be doing football content, you know, like five or six years after that. A YouTube comment that I laughed at. Um, on the, you know, the, we're going to talk about the Giants rebuilding the Giants video is, wow, I'm surprised Bengal didn't choose his favorite team to do a rebuild of, especially since they, his favorite team just made the Super Bowl this last year. I got a kick out of that. Yeah. The, the trolls, they, they love it on my, uh, <laughs> face of the franchise videos, the career mode, because I did one episode last year and then cut it off. And that's pretty much what I do every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single comment and you can scroll through every comment is wow it's been such a long grind it's great to see this series finally come to an end and that was on episode two and it's <laughs> and that's been every episode so it, that's now great. that's just a huge meme and i don't even know maybe i'll just do a hundred episodes just to spite them we'll see i didn't realize until uh there was a, a you had a tweet that said like who's like who's someone that like doesn't get the national love on your favorite team and you're like like mine is andrew thomas and i I was like, what? And I was like, I was like, anytime I see Andrew Thomas love, I'm down for it. He's um, good now. I like yeah, him. like he's good. So that's my question. What do we do? What do we need to do to just get the national respect for an- that Andrew Thomas deserves? Because he I mean he just had a bad first eight games as a rookie. He got better as that year went along, and then last year was just flat out good. But he was on a team that had Mike, you know, Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm towards the end of the year. It's just like, like I know the simple answer is he just needs to be on a winning team. But I want to yeah. do it now. Well, I, I was exactly going to say, you guys know, the only way that happens for an offensive lineman to get real love is the team has to be successful or they have to have a successful running game. So maybe it stems from Saquon Barkley being effective this year because, like, I don't know, Quentin Nelson, for example, that's so much hype in the pre-draft process, New Jersey guy. Shout out Quentin Nelson. 
you know, he got so much hype. So that carried over. So even though he went to a bad team, everyone knew, you know, Quentin Nelson was going to be the guy. And even though Andrew Thomas was also a top five pick, like he didn't quite have so much hype. And it was just Dave Gettleman drafting. He had to doubt anything that guy was going to do. So I, I think if Saquon is effective, you know, we'll probably see some Giants offensive line love. Yeah, and he he obviously had like a, he struggled to start his rookie season like a lot. obviously, and that's what people remember. So. Yes, and and because compared to him, Jedrick Wills had a good start, Mekhi Becton had a good start, and Tristan Wirfs was just has just was just really good and has been good since. Um, and it's just to this day, it's like people like people now. I guess saw someone who was like, I watched a film and Andrew Thomas looked pretty good. And I was like, I'm telling you, like he this guy was pancaking Robert <laughs> Quinn like ten times in a row last year, um, like. So I'm an Andrew Thomas stand. So I'm just I'm just always trying to get the respect that he deserves. And what started out as a meme this summer, which has actually turned into like Richie James hype, is Richie James being the same Madden rating as Andrew Thomas. So it's (laughs) that was like when that came out, that was like oh that's the significant tweet that goes out. But then it started into like Richie James hype, and he's actually looking pretty solid during preseason and stuff like that. Um, we were talking about your 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 YouTube comments, and I mean you have you know huge, ginormous audience. You know, congratulations on that. Thank you. How annoying is it being a Giants fan, and then? Not just having, obviously, you have a Giants audience that watches you, but also having a national audience that watches you. How annoying has it been being a Giants fan these last few years and having to deal with everybody? Um, There are ups and downs to it. Like, the positive is that I get more views. So it, it's it's such a double-edged sword because the worse that the Giants are, the more appreciated and better received the Giants videos are. So it's so tough because obviously I want the Giants to be successful. That's that's number one. But also it, it sure is nice to grow my audience and, and get viewership <laughs> based off the team being bad. So it's like I'm in a tough spot. It's between a rock and a hard place, really. With us, we'll get way more views once the Giants start winning again. Yeah. But like we've tried this. We've started doing some like just national stuff um, on a much smaller scale than our Giants stuff. And we just know that like, hey. When the Giants are good, we're going to be extremely cocky and arrogant, and our national <laughs> audience is just going to hate it with a passion. So, you know, like you said, it's it's a struggle between, like, I'm going to be a cocky Giants fan again one day. I so can't just, wait. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> so, like, you know, you know, uh, Chargers fans who, like, enjoy my Rayshon Slater breakdown, just get get ready to hate me and me throw Eli Manning in your face again at, at some point. You just started a YouTube series, talked about it. Um, you're you're rebuilding, rebuilding the Giants – so I'm going to ask you this. How do you, Bengal, fix the New York football giants? You know, it's a very different question within Madden and in real life. I think I'll probably answer this with a more real life spin to it. And obviously some of that's going to carry over into the game. Uh, but it, it starts at quarterback. We all know that quarterback is the most valuable position in the league. The giants are doing a lot now to put not only playmakers in place for their eventual quarterback, it's it's not going to be Daniel Jones. I think we're, we're all pretty much on the same page there. It's unlikely at the very least, but yeah. you're establishing the bookends of the offensive line in the future. Evan Neal, I'm sure, is going to end up being a good player. Uh, too athletic, too talented, and the work ethic seems too good for that not to be the case. So I'll, I'll put my eggs all in that Evan Neal basket. And then – you know, there are some good playmakers and it, it starts with the coach and Brian Dayball, obviously track record, Mike Kafka, track record, uh, Wink Martindale on defense, track record of success. 
So the Giants are doing the right things, in my opinion, at this point in the Joe Shane era, but it starts at quarterback and they need a good one. They need a good one. Yeah, that's my kind of my my hope for one of my hopes just like short term for the Giants this year is be a team that can beat other bad teams. Uh, where in past years we've been the team that gets beat by the bad teams. But also, like I said, likely Daniel Jones won't be here. So if in that in that scenario, have a feeling like, okay, but when we if we get the right QB in here, like it's gonna work. You know, if Anthony Richardson rises up the boards and you know, he's a guy He is exciting. He's the one player I try to not get too into pre-draft QB stuff because it's usually always wrong but Richardson is the one guy that I like I'm watching like every single game this year just to keep an eye on what he's doing well nowadays Um, with guys like Josh Allen like and and even Patrick Mahomes to to a level you have to bet on the traits because if they go to the right situation the guy with the better traits is going to be you know more successful a lot of the time like would you take a Josh Rosen back in the draft that's like okay he'll be pretty good which obviously for a number of reasons didn't end up working out in Arizona, but where you take a guy like Josh Allen and suffer through his rookie season and even into year two. And then in year three, you have a bona fide like star at, at your hand. So I would bet on Anthony Richardson if he goes to the right situation. And, and we have, you know, two, the two coordinators who were part, you know, you know, had a hand in that, like Mike Kafka, when he first got into the NFL, like his, his job, his first year was to, really work like like one-on-one with Patrick Mahomes you know as a like an offensive quality control guy obviously Dable was there for the whole Josh Allen rise so it it's uh you know QB is so impossible to like know if you've got right you know because it is it's the position there where it's just like you really don't know especially Mm -hmm. from the outside looking in because a lot of it just has to do with what's between your ears and it's just no way of watching Florida Gator tape and finding that out you know you're going off what people say Uh, but we've got two guys that Hopefully, we're a part of that. So, with that, though, outside of Thomas and anybody that was brought in by Joe Shane, so essentially just the rookie class, who are three guys on the Giants that you are like, I need these guys around for for the long haul? I think I think Xavier McKinney, I like quite a bit on the back end. I, we all know Xavier McKinney is quite good and young, too. I think it's the big thing because, you know, reasoning would say that he'll only get better. Might not end up happening. You know, guys can just flame out, but... I like Xavier McKinney a lot. Liked him at Bama. Uh, I actually probably preferred him as a strong safety coming out. I just loved what he was able to do in the box. But he's been good as a free safety for the Giants, too. So uh, that's a player that I think is just going to be a good football player no matter what. And I like Xavier McKinney. Dory Jackson's been a pleasant surprise, but I'm not sure that he absolutely needs to be around when the team's going to be good. But I like Dory Jackson. And... um, I like the potential of Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, you know, good young explosive pass rusher. I think I'll go with those three. Yeah, Adore because he had dropped a lot of interceptions last year and only had one. Well, funny enough, was off a of tip pass versus Brady. <laughs> like you look at his advanced numbers, and it's like this is elite stuff. Now again, he was facing a lot of wide receiver twos with Bradbury on the other side, but it, like his he was top five in yards per target, yards per completion. Um, like was just locking down the other side, which again, wide receiver twos, but that's still not easy to do. And uh, you know, we've been at practices and stuff, and he's looked really good so far. I think teams are just going to avoid him with the Giants' other secondary pieces. Yeah, what you have you- to. CB two is such a problem, as you guys know. There's no true boundary, uh, even on roster, and especially with the Giants, like consistently 
like bringing in more and more slot corners. It's like I mean, we've drafted a nickel corner in the third or fourth round three years in a row. Darn, <laughs> yeah. Darnay played outside, but it was so clear he's gonna play nickel and then Robinson he, and he, he's a nickel. He's he's five nine. You know, he's, he's he just doesn't have the length necessary. The only guy that really does is I mean. I would say Aaron Robinson, but I think Cordell Flott's arms are decently long, even though he's still not all that big. But yeah, he's a slot corner. His best tape at LSU was in the slot. I don't know. Yeah. Who plays boundary? Full, full, yeah. Right now it's Robinson, which, you know, we watched in one preseason game and they just kept on throwing back shoulders and pass him. So again, the, the secondary is going to be an issue. I would like to see Aaron Robinson eventually move back to the slot, and if Flot's going to be good, hopefully he can be. I do think he's a little more fit for the outside, just not Mm -hmm. at this moment. Is there a team this year in the league that you have your eye on? Because you do, you know, you're Madden YouTuber, NFL YouTuber. You loved, I I love your draft stuff as well. Is there a team in the league this year that you have your eye on that maybe not a lot of other people have their eye on? Yeah, you know, I think everyone kind of got caught up in the whole uh, Jets thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they look good on papers, the thing, and it's just it comes down to the quarterback. If there's one team I had to say I'm higher on than others, I don't know, because in my head, like there are certain teams that, oh, if I think they're good, it's probably just the perception of everybody else. It's tough to say who I would like everybody's down on. I think maybe the Saints – just because I think they're like a very, very good team with mm-hmm. really no turnover. Losing Sean Payton's big, but they've had the same offense coordinator, uh, coordinator since 2009. Like the offense isn't going to change very much. They won games with, I mean, literally not a quarterback playing quarterback. Taysom Hill is a gadget player at absolute best. Trevor Simeon, and they were pretty effective. Dennis Allen staying in New Orleans, and they're getting Jameis Winston back, who obviously isn't elite, but is so much better than Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill at quarterback. I think the Saints are quite good and they get to play a bad Falcons team and a Panthers team that, you know, is just trying to put it together with a new quarterback. I like the Saints to be really effective and they've had the Bucks number. Yeah. I'm a huge so. Lamar stan. Um, yeah, Ravens, so, I think they were going to win the division. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that wasn't a lock. Obviously, you know, Watson is now out for 11 games. So that makes things, you know, a uh, little bit easier, I feel like, for them. But I'm a huge, I'm a huge Lamar stan. And I'm really, and that draft class that they had too. I mean, just up and down. I feel like you're watching the draft and you were streaming during the draft. We were streaming during the draft. And I feel like this draft was so kind of wild because. Oh, there, there are guys that are like projected fourth, fifth rounders that are being picked in the second round. It was just crazy just the way that it went with the COVID year. And, you know, you have opt out, you know, opt out guys. NFL teams are trying to like the Giants. They try to draft guys that are a lot younger, but there's still like 24, 25 year olds that are eligible to be drafted this past year. So the Ravens just had that draft where it's like, oh, if you were like well liked and if you were like a consensus, like good pick for that spot, the Ravens were just going to draft you and they literally let the draft just kind of come to them so i'm i'm like i'm like pumped for them bobby i'm excited for the saints offense i think chris olave is going to win rookie of the year on offense this year uh i think with peyton gone i do think like last year with Jameis before he got hurt they tried to make him too like they, they tried to make him too conservative kind of like you know garrett with uh with dj from rookie year to second year so i think this year they're gonna let him play a little bit and olave i mean he was my favorite wide receiver in the draft so I think Olave is going to win Rookie of the Year. So, is Michael Thomas like playing this year? I guess <laughs> yeah, he's, he was... he's looked good in training camp. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel a little better about that. Now. He exists. Uh, should there's, we finish it off with? There's uh, one. There's one question that you usually go to. What will we finish this off with? Everybody, 
What's your record prediction for the 2022 New York Giants? You know, I gave them seven and ten in my video. I feel a little bit more comfortable with six wins, though. Really, just thinking about it, I don't know because I, I think about their ceiling, and I think it's probably eight wins. I really would like it to be more, but I just think they're not there yet. I, I think this year's kind of like the trial run, seeing just some of the pieces play well rather than really expecting team success. And I just really, as much as I think Dayball is an upgrade, you still got to be able to execute. And I just don't know that the Giants will be able to execute at a high enough level to even approach 500. I, I think I'm at six or seven wins. I'm, I'm, you know, I would set the over under at six and a half. I, I could go either way. Vegas has it seven and a half. So you're taking the under? I guess I would be then, yeah. And we're making a graphic, so you have to give us six or seven. <laughs> I, I've been the negative Nancy Giants fan over the past five years. I've been right like every year. <laughs> I, I get so much hate from, from fellow Giants fans. <laughs> they love to tell me I'm not a real fan because I'm realistic. Mm-hmm. Or at least in my opinion, realistic. I'm going to go... Damn, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six wins. Just yeah, I said six. You you know, so the people can't get too mad at you if you Killer. agree with me on the show. Um, yeah, like you said with the offense, like the offense is going to be better, which isn't a, is a very low bar after ranking thirty first back to back years. Um, but I don't know if it's going to be better enough, like you said, to win games because the secondary may be a huge issue. And you know, like I I, I don't know if we can beat any good quarterback with the secondary we have right now. And it's um, not like the next level gets even better going forward. Like, who do the Giants really have at linebacker? Like, uh, the edge guys, there's potential there. But, like, I'm not a huge Blake Martinez guy. I don't I don't think Tay Crowder's anything to write home about. It's just, and that's probably your starting two. So, I don't – I just uh, – there are too many holes right now for me. And I think more so than just holes, the depth. Like, the depth yeah. is just – Anyone gets injured. If Like, Blake Martinez, who isn't, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber player or anything – if he gets injured, it, it only goes way down from there. It's, you it's saw what happened spot. last year. I mean, teams just went, just started running the ball all over. They just started running outside the tackles. It was the only team in the NFL where they made it easy to run outside the tackles. <laughs> um, so, all right, man, we appreciate you. Where can people find you if, you know, our 20,000 subscribers aren't one of your, like, 500,000 or whatever it is? Yeah, thanks. Uh, if you just search uh, Bengal or Bengal YouTube, I should pop up if you're interested. Uh, give it a check out and and yeah, appreciate it. Do you have more subscribers than the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, I was just about to say it's crazy how you pop up before the Bengals do. I've never actually checked that. I think the Giants only have like a hundred something thousand, so it's, I, you it's probably crazy. are good. Cincinnati Bengals forty eight point two k. Oh, oh my god! So my our goal this year is to pass the Cincinnati we're, Bengals. We are going to the, pass the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. And then it's like, all right, I'm rooting next, for it. Next thing, next in line is big game Bengal. All right, man, we uh, <laughs> we appreciate you as always, and uh, thanks for jumping on. Sure, thanks for having me. Hey, Shula, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your. <laughs> hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, thank you to Bengal for coming on the show. We're previewing the Bengals game. Funny title, Bengal Interview plus Bengals Preview. I started taking AG1. We all know about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I don't have a lot of time. I wake up in the morning. I go on Twitter. I scroll through Twitter. I'm on Twitter all day. I don't have a lot of time in my life. I'm kidding. Um, I need more energy. I need more energy to go about my day 
I don't like taking these vitamins and pills and all this stuff. This is too confusing to me. So AG1, it starts off my day. It's nice and simple. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, and here we go. I get criticism on how I pronounce this. Paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With Athletic Greens, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com giants. Again, that is athleticgreens.com giants to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, thanks again, Bengal, to come on the show. But let's talk about. You know what? He's probably he's, if he listens to this, he's like, "I'm so tired of the Bengal jokes that everyone's making." I know. Uh, but, we just you know, met go- him, so we're making it. But people have been making it for years. Yeah. Uh, so go give him a follow. You know, help out. We like to help out smaller content creators like Big Game Bengal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about. Uh, let's do our four things to look out for in this preseason game, which we I thought we kind of nailed on the head last week. Like I said, Michael McFadden is going to be more of a baller in game than he is in practice. True. You talk about can anybody on the DBs make a play? No. No. <laughs> Saquon running north and south, he did. And then um, what was my other Daniel one? Bellinger's blocking, which he did looks pretty good. Yeah, he had like a couple reps that weren't great, but overall he looked solid. So I guess the Bellinger blocking one was like a – didn't get like the full answer on what I wanted. But anyways. All right, let's go first. My first one is – going to be daniel jones and i hate doing the oh you want to look out for daniel jones but here's what i want to look out for specifically because once we got uh viewed some of the all 22 of the last game the throw that was over the head of jeremiah hall wasn't just a bad throw that was over the head of jeremiah hall it was a flood concept which has been one of his best in his career and he had a hole to to pull the trigger and try and fit that ball in there and he should have he should have especially in the preseason game well, your interceptions aren't as meaningful. He should have pulled the trigger. Okay, I know if he would have, if it would have got intercepted, it would have been, uh, you know, all hell broke loose. But he should pull the trigger on that, and you know, he needs to have the arm strength to hit that throw. So, I want to see Daniel Jones pull the trigger in, into some windows, and not just hey, my outside wide receiver stack the corner. I'm going to try and put this ball beautifully in here, which we know he's really good at. I want to see him try and like pull pull the trigger. Pull the trigger into some holes. Again, you know, again, not just throwing a ball back shoulder to Galladay, even though I do want to see that this week. I want, I want Galladay to come up with one and just kind of shut people up a little bit. Um, but just overall, like be, being more aggressive within this offense. We saw some of the basic principles in it. We can see you be more aggressive, uh, than we did on last Thursday versus the Patriots. Pull the trigger, Daniel Jones. Yeah. A point that I kind of just remembered but then also took away from from last week's preseason game. Remember how we talked about the most important offseason acquisition and we mentioned, you know, Mike Kafka. Um, you know, Brian Dable's uh, important to that too, him being the head coach and it's the majority of his scheme, but Mike Kafka coming in and that's such a wild card on what this offensive scheme can be. Bobby, just seeing the simple stuff that the Giants did against the Patriots last week, I get it, it's, it's against their backups, I get it. The Giants' offense didn't look, uh, you know, it didn't look totally awesome. Blah blah blah. 
But the simple stuff that they did, it just made sense. The Saquon Barkley third and five catch. You had trips left. Saquon Barkley is lined up on the right side of Daniel Jones. Daniel Bellinger running a streak down the field. Saquon Barkley running an out route. It's 1v1. All he has to do is win his matchup. There were certain schematic stuff that they did that's just like, oh, gets guys in space. It yeah, makes I loved sense. it, man. It was so refreshing yeah. compared to the last. Like The simple stuff we ran in preseason was better than anything we had did under Jason Garrett. So that was, that was very... Um, very uh, encouraging, and it's like, hey, but now we got to pull the trigger in some of these throws. Right, we need to right, get this right, back right. in you. Right. So let's so let's get a more elaborate with it. Let's fit some balls in the tight windows, and let's push the envelope envelope a little bit more. So even if Jones is a little bit behind, the offensive line is a little bit behind. You know, the, Tony may not be playing. Blah blah blah. Um, I'm just excited for what this scheme can do because it seems like they understand just how the game of football works a little bit better than some of the other guys have. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to be looking out for. Offensive line depth. Um, I don't know who's going to be playing. Shane Lemieux is definitely not going to be playing. Is Josh Azudu going to be playing? Is Ben Bresson going to be playing? Who knows? So, you know, uh, there's certain guys, especially on the interior. You know, who's going to be snapping the ball? Can Jamil Douglas snap the ball well? Um, Josh Rivas was just cut, so we're not going to be seeing him. Max Garcia, who's been buried on the depth chart so far this spring and summer. He's been getting the, the majority third team reps. Well, now he's, you know, he may work his way up to possibly being a starter if Azudu and Bredesen are out, or he's going to be getting second team reps and he's going to be playing for like three quarters. So backup interior offensive line depth, who can look good, who's going to be solid. Yeah, and like Bredesen was going to be a guy I watched out for, you know, even if he played still, like I'm going to watch out for everything. But I, my second one is kind of an answer on yours, but or uh, the same as yours, but Devery Hamilton and specifically, like he did all right. Um, played a lot of reps on Thursday versus the page last Thursday versus the Patriots. I want to see him put together two games in a row. Cause maybe this guy who, you know, he's a nobody, but maybe he can put together, like maybe he could be someone who like, okay, Devery handles a swing tackle. And I know he hasn't gone up against a great competition yet, but I feel a little better about it. Uh, Cause you know, we need that position still, Badly, you know, we don't know if Matt Parrott's going to come back, and I know that there's a good chance the guy's not on the roster. But if Devery Hamilton can, you know, be clearly better than Eric Smith and uh, you know the other guys in this group, then that's that's something nice to have and someone uh, nice to to hold around a little bit. Hashtag Duke Gang Devery Hamilton. Um, so Devery Hamilton is the second thing I'm looking out for. Yeah, and actually, well, go ahead. Well, no, I was about to say that Devery Hamilton. Like in the backup swing tackle spot right now, that's a spot that I'm expecting to be occupied by somebody who's not on the roster right now. Like that's one of those spots where I'm like, I, I do think this is going to be a post 53 man cut down day um, or like what what's going on with Matt Parrott. So if Devery Hamilton, if we can feel good about him stemming away from two preseason games, maybe can make some things easier post 53 man cut down day for the Giants uh, and Joe Shane. That would be ideal. Yeah, so again, I, I want to see guys step up and Devery Hamilton someone I'm keeping my eye on closely this week. I got an I email to, from somebody. I want to keep up my eye on SeatGeek. Oh, well, I got an email. Can I tell you who I got an email from? Who? Natalie at SeatGeek. She's telling me the subject of the email is all of the Giants' 22 games. 2022 games, they're all on SeatGeek. All of them. So thank you, actually, thank you, Natalie. She emailed me about Orlando Magic games uh, the other really? day. Wow! Live events are back, which means you can get twenty dollars off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code Giants. 
If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the apps on our phones, and we've used them a lot lately. We use it for the Yankee game, use it for giant stuff. So check out SeatGeek, whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more. SeatGeek, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. Uh, and again, it really is simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good, red means bad. You guys can relate to that, right? Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Justin, what is the last thing you're looking for in this preseason game? Yeah, kind of very specific and kind of weird, but... Ryder Anderson. Ryder Anderson. <laughs> so Bobby and I started this thing where we wanted to pick an obscure, random, bottom-of-the-roster type of Giants player to just yell out his name every single day of Giants training camp. Bobby did it in the beginning, and then I kind of continued on the tradition. So I started yelling out Ryder Anderson's name every day, and he started saluting back. I think he eventually began to recognize that some weird person is yelling out his name. I'm going to DM him and I'm going to see if he responds and just be like, hey, I'm that weird dude who yelled out your name every no, single day. No, you should just DM him in all caps, Ryder Anderson. Ryder Anderson. Should I do a voice memo? That's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Art Stapleton, um, I don't know if Art, I don't know if Art's just pushing a narrative, if he just likes Ryder Anderson and he's been nice to him. Uh, but apparently Ryder Anderson has been having a good week of practice and he even got some first team reps during Thursday's practice. Wink Martindale did say that he's working on some stuff. Maybe he wanted to see Ryder Anderson in a fun spot, but I don't think anybody in particular, maybe besides Jalen Holmes, has taken full control of like interior defense alignment number oh, three. There's like, three even, guys right now, Leo, Dex, and uh, Jalen Holmes. And Nick Williams. Nick Williams is also in there as like a veteran, but But yeah, we don't um, like I don't think he's a guarantee for the roster though. No. And Justin Ellis, yes, he's a nose tackle different spot. I, I don't think he'll think, be on the team, but I don't think they feel fantastic about him. We haven't seen him a ton in Giants practice like at all. So Ryder Anderson, man, you, you talked about just how big he is. He is big, dude. He looks like the biggest, like just the biggest like cut up dude on the D line. Looks like a football player. He looks like a dude. So if Ryder Anderson can go out there and make some plays, make some run stops, you know, maybe push the pocket back a little bit, um, maybe he could push to make the team a UDFA out of Indiana. So let's go, Ryder Anderson. He had a good tackle for a loss last week. Like he looked fine in the preseason last week. And I want him to be a player on the Giants for a long time so we can always say, remember when we had our <laughs> interview with Andrew Thomas, how awesome that was? Well, guess what? We gave you a breakdown on who Ryder Anderson was on that episode. So. Mm. Uh, find you find you a podcast that can do both. Um, so I'm I'm rooting for Ryder Anderson. Uh, so, all right, just anything else before we roll? Um, and then it's it's next podcast we'll be listening to is a game recap. No, you gave your two. D Daniel Jones pulling the trigger, and then Devery Hamilton. Oh, you did. I'm I'm so sad to end. I don't even want to end this. This was fun. Well, we could talk about quickly since it's the end of the podcast. The Bengals aren't playing their starters. Yes, the Bengals aren't playing the starters, which is disappointing. Um, but will make us happier probably at the end of the game because our, all our players will play better. Um, we are scumbags, and we got verified on Twitter. Yeah. Talking Giants got verified, not me and Justin. No. Talking Giants <laughs> is verified on Twitter. It feels so scummy. Like, is it good for us? Yes, because, you know, it's just... a. 
it's just natural human instinct with Twitter that if someone verified follows you or something like there's like you know players or whatever, like there's just a natural instinct to be like, okay, who like let, this piques my interest, um, but it just feels so freaking scummy, and so that's why I made our first tweet like, just smoke some crack after I found out we're verified to, yep. you know, not I wasn't gonna do the corny like oh we're verified, you know, Tweet, I, I, tweets doing well, so I I did it purposely so that. Because I knew people were giving us like you have to address it, and I I do I really don't like the congrats you earned this because it's like wow, it's just great a great job. It's just it's literally just a stupid check. So I wanted people to be sending saying congrats under a tweet that said we're smoking crack. Mm. Why are Why are people congratulating us on smoking crack? <laughs> yeah, that's that was what I was going for. So it, it ended up working out in our favor. So. All right, that's it. It's it's raining really hard right now. I don't yeah, know if you I can see your it. background. It's very dark. Oh, I just lightning, saw lightning. Very, very frightening. All right, guys, we'll uh, we'll be back uh, Sunday night to recap uh, on Patreon, and it'll be out Monday for podcast apps and YouTube. So we appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some preseason uh, football on Sunday. I'm skipping my dad's birthday for it. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>